You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This nation is turning back to God. God holds the heart of a king in his hands. But we as the church, we have to start by focusing our hearts back on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So this morning, I want to minister a message, the God that restores. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to restore all things back into your life. In the book of Acts, it says that he restores all things. So God wants to bring restoration back into our lives. It's all about the Word of God, the Word of God in our mouths. The Bible teaches us that His Word is near. It's in our hearts, it's in our mouths, so that we should declare it, so that we should say it. It says that when God sends His Word out, whatever thing He sends His Word out for, that thing will prosper. That's what the Bible teaches us. It will prosper. The Word of God is like a fire. The fire that goes before me and burns up my enemies round and about. It's the fire of God that burns around us so that his name is glorified within. It's like a hammer that destroys the most stubborn, most difficult rock. The word of God will break away at that. In the battle between water and the rock, water is always victorious. It takes time, but you have to declare the word of God. That which you believe in your heart, declare it. It's time for the Word of God to be active, to declare it. What is it that you believe? In the book of Isaiah, it says there's a people that's plundered. They are robbed. They are bound, locked up in their houses, and nobody says, restore. You have to get to that place where you say, restore. The biggest mistake that we make is in the situation that we are facing right now, we let our situation dictate everything. Dictates our confession, dictates our prayer life, dictates what we are doing, instead of getting God's opinion about your situation. What does the Word of God say about your situation? And start declaring that. Because when God looks at you, in His mind, there's no such thing as failure. Because he's planned good things for you. I know the plans I have for you. Good things, a future full of hope. So even what we have been facing right now, what have you been confessing? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what have you been confessing? It's time to confess it out loud. Declare it. That's why we do the declaration. Since 2006, January 2006, as we started that year, the Lord said, write down this declaration. Every sentence is the word of God. So when you're declaring that, you're declaring God's word. I'm a son of God revealed. Declare it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord anoints my head. That anointing destroys every yoke. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm going over, I'm not going under. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. In your situation, allow the word of God. This word is active, this word is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
The Bible teaches that when this word came to this earth and it manifested, we could see its glory. Family, when you start confessing the word of God over your situation, the glory of God will start to manifest and your situation will start to change. Turn to the person next to you and say, if you believe it, you have to say it. John 10 verse 10 teaches us that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to bring life and life in abundance. He wants to bring restoration back into your life. Never have we been in a time where we need restoration more, restoration in every area of our lives. The book of 2 Chronicles teaches us that the eyes of the Lord move to and fro all over the earth, looking for those with a loyal heart to show himself strong on their behalf. What is the key? Those with a loyal heart, those that allow the word of God to dominate their hearts. Those that allow the word of God or give the word of God the rightful place in their hearts. And they start declaring what they believe the word of God says instead of what their situation and their circumstances are dictating unto them. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings 4 verse 8. Whatever situation you are facing, Jesus Christ died on the cross for it. Jesus is not embarrassed about what you are facing, but he's the answer to every situation. Verse 8, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Sometimes we do something that seems very ordinary in the natural, but in the spirit it has an extraordinary effect. The Bible says here she was a notable Woman. The Amplified Bible says she was rich and influential. So she was a woman. She saw this need. She saw the man of God. And she said, come and eat something. And they spent some time together. Seems very ordinary just to have a meal with somebody. But God was busy positioning her, working in her for her good future. Verse 9. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. So she just said, listen, this man, there's something different about him. He's a holy man. This does not come from himself, but this comes from God. Let's prepare a place for him. A little room with a table, a bed, time where he could just come and rest. Verse 11, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman. When he had called her, he stood before her and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us. With all this care, what can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Family, I want you to see here. Remember, this is Elisha. Elijah 
was the one who trained him. Remember what happened to Elijah? He was in a situation with a woman, a widow, in a drought that faced a crisis and she needed food. She needed a miracle. And he said to her, he asked her, what are you going to do? She said, I'm going to make the last meal. My son and myself are going to eat and we are going to die. And he said, no, first make me a bread. Prepare something for me. And after that, remember, the flour and the oil never run dry. So he knew this. So here's a woman doing something for him, for Elisha. But she is extremely wealthy. She is rich. From a natural point of view, she has no need. But there's something that God can do for her that only God can do. She's not even aware of it. She's not even asking of it. But Elisha understands this and he says, what can we do for this woman? She says, nothing. She says, can I arrange a meeting with the king, with the commander? And she said, no. I don't want anything like that. Most people, if you want to open a door like that, they'll take it. But she understood that true hospitality is not something that you do where people can see. She just did it because she loved God. Not to receive anything back. But Elisha understood this principle. That there's a mutual relationship. What you plant is what you reap. So he said to his servant, what is it that this woman wants? There must be some kind of a need. Maybe you are sitting here today. You don't have any need financially. But spiritually you need God to do something. You need of deliverance. You need of healing. Maybe you're sitting here and you're just ignorant and you need the word of God to build you up, to show you the way of salvation. But every person needs something. Amen. Verse 13, and he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. The Amplified said, most painstakingly. It means what she did cost her something. David said, I will not do anything or give anything unto the Lord unless it cost me something. So she was making some sacrifices. So he was aware of this principle. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander or the army? She wasn't interested in any earthly reward. She wanted a heavenly reward. Verse 14, so he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. The man of God said, is this it? She just wants a child. Don't you know about the story of our father Abraham? He gave her a word. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Family, one word in righteousness can change your life. A message like today. Receive it as a prophetic word that God is speaking to you that he wants to bring restoration into your life. God wants to restore in every area of your life. She was not even asking for this. But in her heart, she must have had the desire for a child. Gehazi says, she has no child. The man of God speaks a word and she conceives. Listen to verse 17. 
But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to a servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Can you see the situation? She received this child and now this child has died. Verse 21, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Shut the door up upon him and went out. Family, listen to me. She was the one who said in the beginning that this is a holy man. This is a man of God. A man of God that is anointed by God. Whatever he touches, it's blessed. This woman understood that this promise did not come from the man of God, but from God himself. That the words that he spoke was God speaking through him when he said, you'll have a child. It's the word of God that brings light and life. The thing that the word of God goes out to do, it will be prosperous in whatever it does. When it goes out, it will bring light, it will bring life, it will bring refreshing, it brings restoration. So here she's facing a situation where a child is dead. What does she do? She places the child on the bed of the man of God and she closes the door. She did not look back at her situation and her circumstances, but she went to the man of God. I want to give you some advice. Whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. Turn to the person next to you and say, whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. When you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself is on the inside of you. She placed him there in the bed where the anointing was. She placed him in that area where God's presence was, where she knew the man of God was. She shut the door behind her. Many times when we've prayed and we're supposed to shut the door on the things behind us, we still want to look back at the things the whole time. You cannot move forward while you're looking backward. How many times have you asked God for something? Then you still look back at the situation and the circumstances. Verse 22. Then she called to her husband and she said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Family, when you are facing a difficult time, it's important that you keep your solid front when it comes to your confession. She said, it is well. Or if you find yourself in a difficult situation, say the Lord is good. Turn to the person next to you, say the Lord is good. Tell them again, say the Lord is good. And we know the story, what happened. She ran ahead, the man of God saw her, he sent Gehaz, he said, go find out, ask her, is it well with your husband? Is it well with you? Is it well with your son? And she replied and she said, it is well. Turn to the person next to you, say, it is well. Tell them again, say it, it is well. Verse 27, now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord ha has hidden it from me and has not 
told me. Family, I want to tell you that sometimes God will hide things. Amen? God will not reveal everything. Man can speak and declare things, but the Holy Spirit speaks as he wants to, as he wills. Sometimes you have to go to the man of God and say, this is the situation. The man of God could not discern the situation until she came into his presence. God did not reveal it to him. Sometimes we say, if this was a true man of God, he would have known. No, he only will know if God reveals it to him. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, let God be God. Tell them again, say, let God be God. It's almost like Elisha is almost a little bit upset with the Lord. The Lord didn't share this with me. I've had this relationship where she's helped me, where I've declared a word for her, and God, now you're hiding this thing from me. What did Elisha do immediately? He said, Gehazi, you go. Take my rod, my staff, go, and place it upon the boy. Why? Once again, we're talking about the anointing. That's why you have to be in a living church where the anointing of God is working, where you see the name of Jesus working in the spirit. He said, go. When he got there, he came back. He said, nothing has happened. He says, don't worry. They're on their way. When Elisha came there, he went in and he closed the door behind him. He went in alone. Sometimes you're going to have to close the door on doubt and unbelief. When people have had a very real experience and they thought, this is the way it should have worked. I've seen the miracles that the man of God has done. I'm supposed, when I just placed the rod, life should come back to the boy. It didn't happen. Elisha went in. He closed the door. He prayed. Placed himself on the boy. Nothing happened. His body became warm. The Bible says he walked around and he prayed. Then he remembered. Elijah did the same. Elijah stretched himself out on a child that was dead and life came back. Prayed once, he prayed twice, and life came back. Sometimes you're going to have to continue to pray until you see that breakthrough. When the enemy comes in to kill, steal, and destroy, know that God has come to bring life and life in abundance. You're going to have to work the miracle. Turn to the person next to you and say, work the miracle. Sometimes it's not just declaring the word. It's not just speaking in faith, but acting faith. You have to work the miracle and don't give up. Continue to declare and speak the word of God. Remember, John and Peter in the book of Acts chapter 3, when they came to the gate beautiful, the man that was sitting there, Peter said to him, in the silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. He declared, he spoke the word by faith, healing, declaring healing. But the man didn't get up. It was only when he stretched out his hand, grabbed the man, lifted him up, that strength entered in. Sometimes you're going to have to work the miracle. Not just speak faith, but act faith. Sometimes it's not just saying, I love you, but going and hugging the person and saying, I love you. That releases that miracle. And we see here this miracle that took place. Changed everything. The boy sneezed seven times. And he said to Gahasi, take him, let her take her son. And she fell to the ground. And God had restored him back to life. 
turn to the person next you say, it's time for my miracle. Tell them again, say, it's time for my miracle. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 8. God is often doing something in your life. You do something that seems very ordinary in the natural, but in the spirit it has an extraordinary effect, not just now, but for the future as well. Look here, one, 2 Kings 8 verse 1. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life. Turn to the person next to you and say, Restoration. Say, season of restoration. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son had, he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. Speaks to her. God speaks to him and says, There's going to be a famine. He gives her advice. He says, Get away here from where you are right now. And for seven years, there's a famine. And after seven years, she comes back. Now, I want you to have this picture that if you've left for seven years and you come back, it's not easy just to get what you had. Verse 3, it came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines. And she went to make an appeal to the king for a house and for a land. Family, it might have seemed like failure. It might have seemed like destruction. But it was not. In the mind of God, when he looks at you, there's no such thing as failure. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. I want you to have this picture. This woman is coming. She's desperate. She wants her property and her house. She's coming to the king to plead with him, can I have my house back? Can I have my property back? And it's almost like he's ignoring her, talking to Gehazi. Um, just wait a minute. Tell me about Elisha. Tell me about the things that he's done. Sometimes when you come and you're pleading your case just for restoration, it might feel that you're being ignored. It might feel that God is not aware of your situation, but he's busy positioning, preparing you for that restoration in your life. Positioning you for restoration. Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now, it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life. That there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Can you see this picture? She's here coming to beg. Please restore back my land, my house. And the king is ignoring her. He wants to hear the stories about Elisha. And here Gehazi is, he says, the miracle that I told you about, the son that Elisha restored back to life, that woman was here a minute ago. He says, call her. Calls her back. Family, God is busy positioning us to attract his favor. I mean, he's positioning us for the day of restoration. I want you to see what happened here next. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain 
officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Wow. Can you see what happened? He said, not only am I restoring back your house and your property, but the income that you lost for the past seven years, I'm giving that back to you. Proverbs teaches us that God will restore back sevenfold that which the enemy has stolen. Exodus 22 talks about a four and a fivefold restoration. When you look at Job 42, Job was restored back double. That's the minimum that I see restoration is double. Joel 2 says, the years that the locust has stolen, I'm going to restore it back to you. Family, in this time, many of you were on a path of restoration, then COVID happened. Suddenly everything stopped. I want to tell you, maybe some of you found yourself on the sickbed for weeks or months, locked up in your houses. God is saying, this is a word for you that is going to bring restoration. Not, not yet that which you lost, your house and your property, but the income and the time that was lost. God says, I'm going to restore it back to you sevenfold. Restoration time. Don't miss out on the day of restoration. God is going to give back. He's saying, that income that you were going to make, I'm going to give that back. And even what you lost out because you couldn't work, I'm going to give that back to you as well. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to bring life and life in abundance. Time that you've lost in relationships, in friendships, in serving God, in fulfilling that which God has called you to do, missed out business opportunities. God says, I want to restore in every one of those areas. You're sitting here and you're saying, but how is this going to happen? Turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs 3 verse 5. The Bible talks about that today is the day of salvation. Amen? Are you there? Proverbs. Why am I not finding Proverbs? Here we go. Listen. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't say, God, how are you going to do it? God said, start declaring it. Start saying it. Let the word of God be active in your heart and in your mouth. Isaiah 42 verse 22 says, but this is a people that's robbed. It's a people that's been plundered. It's a people that's been ensnared. Hidden in prison houses. It sounds like Isaiah was prophesying about 2020. All of us were locked up in our houses, in prison houses. Am I right? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Hidden in prison houses. They are prey. They are being taken advantage of and nobody says, restore. This is what God is saying. Don't lean on your own understanding. 
but obey the word of God. Start saying, restore. Restore in my business, Lord. Restore my family, in my marriage, my children, my career, whatever. He says, don't lean on your own understanding, but know when you start declaring the word of God, when God's word goes out, it will be prosperous. When God's word goes out, it will do what God sends it to do. He sent his word and he healed them. It's time to take God at his word. Amen. What does God require of us? He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Family, it's the grace of God. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. No pride, no arrogance. Humble yourself. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. Everything that's not of God, start working it out of your life. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God is going to restore in every area. Can you see this woman when she did something that seemed very ordinary in the natural? It had an extraordinary effect in the spirit. That which started as a meal escalated to her providing for him a room. The Davidic covenant teaches us when we build God's house, God will build our house. What you give is what you receive. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow is what you will reap. And God will do it in your life. David said in Psalm 51, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Many times we pray and we say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It's not your salvation. It is his salvation. He's working of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, God positioned her to attract his favor. God positioned her in a time of disappointment where she thought she had lost everything, came begging. He had positioned her for restoration. I want to close with this. This restoration power, this resurrection power, when God starts working in your life to restore, it will continue and continue and continue from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Elisha was so anointed, so filled with restoration power that even after he died, when his bones was left in a grave and they dropped a man on it, the man was raised, was restored back to life. I want to tell you, this anointing, this grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring restoration into your life is something that will work for generation to generation to generation. The decisions that you make now to allow the salvation of the Lord to be restored back into your life, that resurrection power brings restoration in every area of your life. David, when he messed up, like all of us, said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Family, the first area where you should start to prosper 
is in your spiritual life. When you start prospering in your spiritual life, you'll see that prosperity in all other areas. You will be blessed. That is the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. It seemed very ordinary what she did. And sometimes when we do things that seem very ordinary, just acknowledging God in all your ways, it has an extraordinary effect in the spirit. The woman that came to Jesus, whose daughter was demon-possessed, when she said, Son of David, have mercy, deliverance didn't just come to the daughter, but to the whole household. Family, that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring salvation, restoration to every area of your life. The years that the locust has stolen, that which the enemy has stolen, God has come to bring restoration, to bring life and life in abundance in every area of your life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.